rửa ra cho nó cho nó có không khí cứ mở cửa ra Good morning, dear Sangha. Do you hear me well? Well enough? When I was uh, young, <laughs> as uh, a novice monk, they told me that uh, the Buddha does not suffer. And I believed them. But uh, later on, I found that the Buddha suffers like all of us. So there are people who ask the question, what is the use of uh, becoming a Buddha if you still suffer? I want to practice and become a Buddha because I don't want to suffer anymore. But if uh, you say that the Buddha still suffers, I have to reconsider. (laughs) And in Plum Village we have learned and found out that uh, the Buddha does suffer because he is a Buddha, but he is also a human being. Buddha is not a god. He is a human being like all of us. He has (coughs) suffered, but he has learned and practiced. And he knows how to suffer. When you know how to suffer, you suffer much less. So there is an art called the art of suffering. We come to Plum Village, we learn that art, how to suffer. Because uh, we know that uh, if you know how to suffer, you you suffer much less. Because uh, in you there is understanding and compassion. And with that, these two energies, you suffer much less than other people. And also you can make good use of suffering in order to create joy and happiness. It's funny, but that is true. Suffering is useful. If you know how to make good use of suffering, and then you can create very wonderful things like compassion, understanding, love, happiness. It's like uh, the mud and the lotus flower. You cannot grow lotus flowers uh, if you do not have the mud. So those of us who know how to make good use of the mud, we can grow beautiful lotus flowers. And 
for those of us who know how to make good use of suffering, and then we can we can create a compassion, understanding, happiness, and so on. So we can speak about the goodness of suffering. But many of us uh, do not know that art of uh, making good use of suffering. We do not know much about the art of uh, suffering. We don't know how to suffer. (laughs) Because if you do, and then you suffer much less, and then you can make good use of your suffering. I think one week is enough for us to learn these two things. And then as a practitioner, we should learn how to generate joy and happiness. With the practice of mindfulness and concentration, it is possible to generate a joyful feeling anytime you want, any time of the day. And with the practice of mindfulness and concentration, we can bring about a feeling of joy at any time you want to nourish yourself and help nourish the person you love. So all these things can be learned in the space of uh, one week. And we should uh, know how to make good use of the time we are together in order to learn and try these things. So that when we can go home, we can continue how to create joy and happiness, how to handle pain, how to make good use of suffering in order to create happiness. We speak about the goodness of suffering the usefulness of suffering, like the goodness of uh, the mud, the usefulness of uh, the mud, because we need the mud in order to make lotus flowers. And when you look into a beautiful lotus flower with the eyes of a practitioner, you can see the mud inside. The Buddha has suffered and he learned how to suffer, and he was able to transform suffering into something else, like peace, happiness. But in our society, in our civilization, we, we, are, we are doing the opposite. We are always trying to run away from suffering. There is suffering inside of us. There is suffering in our family, in our society. And we don't want to get in touch with with it because we, we feel that it's not pleasant. 
to get in touch with suffering. And uh, we pretend that suffering is not there. We try to cover up the suffering inside of us. And uh, most of us do that. When we uh, turn on the television and watch, it's not because the program is so interesting. Sometimes the film is not good, but we do not have the courage to turn it off. Because if we turn it off, and then we have to go back and confront and touch the suffering inside. So television is one way to, to help us run away from our, for ourselves. When we pick up a magazine to read, not because we are very eager to know what is going on in the world. Sometimes we watch the news three times a day. And uh, we go to the internet, we look. Uh, we uh, go and look for something to eat. We are not hungry. We don't need to eat. But eating for many of us is a way to forget for a while the suffering inside, the loneliness inside. So eating is one of the ways to run away from our own suffering. And the market <coughs> provides us with all kinds of items to help us run away from ourselves run away from our suffering. But the Buddha advised us to do the opposite. We have to try to go home and recognize the suffering in it and embrace it and look deeply into it. In that way, we, come, we will come to understand the nature the roots of our suffering, and we see the way out, the way of transformation and healing. The way of, uh, the way leading to the cessation, the transformation of suffering is in the inner suffering. If you look into the first noble truth, which is suffering, you see the second noble truth, which is the making of the suffering, and you see the way out which is the fourth uh, noble truth, Magga. Listening to our suffering, looking deeply into our suffering is a very basic practice. If we have the time to recognize the suffering, to look deeply into it, and to listen to it, and then understanding will arise. Understanding here is understanding suffering. Recognizing suffering and understanding suffering always, always bring about the energy of compassion. 
and that is logical when you understand suffering you become compassionate and compassion is the kind of energy that has the power to heal to heal to heal suffering suppose you look at the other person the other person may be your daughter your son your father or your mother do you have time in order to look at him or her deeply if you do and then you will soon recognize the suffering in that person like yourself he or she has a lot of suffering inside and that person does not know how to handle the suffering inside of him of her and that person continues to be victim of uh, their suffering and when you suffer like that you make people around you suffer also even if you don't want to make them suffer you make them suffer anyway and when you see that suffering in him or her and if you understand the suffering in him or her and you, if you see that that person is a victim of his own suffering so far no one has helped him to handle the suffering inside and transform it so you don't blame him anymore you don't want to punish her anymore because you have understood the suffering and now you can look at that person with the eyes of compassion before that you you look with the eyes of anger and hate and a will to punish but because you have seen and understood the suffering in that person that kind of intention vanishes and now you want to do something or to say something to help that person suffer less it means compassion has been born in your heart and compassion has healed you you don't look at him or her with anger anymore you don't have the intention to retaliate or to punish anymore you want to do something to help so it is very clear that recognizing suffering and understand suffering always bring about compassion and compassion is the kind of nectar that has the power to heal to heal you first and then it will help heal the other person so to meditate means to generate the energy of compassion and compassion is born when understanding is there and understanding is possible when you have the time to listen and to look deeply <clears throat> in mahayana buddhism there is a bodhisattva whose name is avalokita in vietnam in vietnamese we call quan quan âm quan yin in chinese quan thế âm 
Guanxiyin means to listen, to look, to listen to the suffering of the world inside yourself and inside the world. And that person, that Bodhisattva, that great being has the capacity to listen to his own suffering. And uh, because he has done so, he came to understand his own suffering. So he suffered less. He, he had generated the energy of compassion and healed himself. So he, was, he is in a position to listen to the other people. And listening with compassion can help people heal. And that is the practice. And uh, the practice and the service of uh, Bodhisattva Avalokita. But Avalokita is not a god uh, dwelling in, uh, in the cloud. Avalokita is in us. Because each of us has uh, the potential to listen if you want to, if you want to, to listen, to look deeply into our own suffering and the suffering of the other person, of our partner, of our father, of our mother, of our daughter. We have Avalokita, the Bodhisattva of deep listening in us. If we train ourselves a few days, and then we will have the power, the capacity to go home to us and to listen to the suffering inside and come to understand it. Then this morning, the monastics will uh, practice uh, chanting the name of Avalokita. And when they chant the name for the first time, they try to go home and get in touch with the suffering inside of them. The monastics have their own suffering, like the rest of us. And the suffering inside of them carries within itself the suffering of their father, their mother, their ancestors. So when you understand your suffering, you understand the suffering of your father, your mother, and your ancestors. And the suffering in us also reflects the suffering of our society, of our family. So if you come to understand the suffering inside of yourself, you understand the suffering of your family, your partner, your children, and your society. So when they chant the name for the second time, they reach out and recognize the suffering in the people sitting in front of them, on the left, on the right. So sending for the second time the name, they try to see, recognize the suffering in the people around them, 
in front of them. And the purpose is exactly the same. To give compassion a chance to be born. Because uh, compassion is uh, a wonderful kind of energy that has the power to calm you down and heal you. And when many people practice at the same time, we create a collective, uh, powerful collective energy of uh, mindfulness and compassion. And if you allow that collective energy of mindfulness and compassion to penetrate into your body and your heart, you get the healing. So listen, listening to the chant may be very healing. Your, your suffering is recognized, is embraced by the collective energy of mindfulness, of compassion generated by the practice of mindful chanting. And you get the healing during the time you you listen. When they chant the name for the third time, they reach out to the world. A little bit everywhere in the world, there is suffering. In South America, in the Middle East, in Asia, in Africa, violence hate, division, killing. And uh, while chanting the, the name for the third time, they get in touch with this. And the purpose is the same, to allow compassion to be born. So chanting like this is not exactly um, to pray, not exactly a prayer, but a practice of mindfulness called mindfulness of suffering. You are mindful of the suffering. You are aware of your suffering inside of you, inside of people around you and in the world. And mindfulness of compassion, of, uh, of uh, suffering, bring about compassion, understanding of, compa- uh, of suffering. And when the energy of compassion is born, you suffer less right away. And that energy helps people to heal if people happen to be in the zone of energy, of mindfulness and uh, compassion. So chanting is... uh, Mindful chanting, the practice of mindfulness of suffering, the practice of mindfulness of compassion. And when we sit and listen, we can, we can contribute to that collective energy. We can stop our thinking, because the thinking may take us away from the here and the now and doesn't allow us to be in the zone of uh, the wholesome energy. So stopping the thinking 
is very important. And that is easy enough if you know how to follow your in-breath and out-breath and become aware that you have a body. Breathing in, I know I have a body. It's sitting here. You practice like a drop of water in the heart of a river. You allow the whole river to to embrace you and transport you. So sitting in the Sangha, you become the Sangha. You become the river. And you say, Dear Sangha, this is my pain, this is my sorrow, this is my fear, this is my despair. As I am a beginner in the practice, my mindfulness is not strong enough to recognize and embrace it. So please help. Help me recognize the pain, the suffering in me, and embrace it. And if uh, you behave like that, you breathe in and out mindfully, you allow yourself to be embraced by the river of the Sangha, the collective energy of mindfulness and compassion generated by the sentient. And then you get the healing, right here and right now. If you allow the energy of mindfulness and compassion to penetrate into your body, and then you can release the tension in your body very quickly in a few minutes. There is tension and pain in your body. And if you surrender to the Sangha, if you surrender to the collective energy of mindfulness and peace and compassion, and then you can release the tension in your body and reduce the amount of pain in your body. And you feel much better after a few minutes of listening. And if there is some fear and anger and despair, loneliness in your heart, open your heart. This is uh, the time. Allow the collective energy of Sangha to penetrate into your heart and help embrace it. You get the healing. You suffer less. And if you have a member of the family who is uh, sick, who suffers deeply at this moment, who cannot come to this retreat, and you can very well send this energy, channel this energy back home to that person just by calling their name silently or thinking of them. And the collective energy of the Sangha will be sent to that person. And at home or in a hospital, they will feel better. So this practice is to go home to ourselves, recognize the suffering inside of us, getting the suffering inside of us, 
getting in touch with the suffering inside of us and embrace it tenderly with the purpose of allowing the energy of compassion to be born. You have compassion for yourself and you have compassion for your family, for your society. And if uh, you have a desire to cry, allow yourself to cry. It's okay. Mindful crying. It means that uh, while you cry, you maintain the practice of mindful breathing and embrace of suffering. It will be very healing. Because you have mindfulness, you are in the process of healing. And the suffering will not overwhelm us anymore because you are protected by the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight, which are the energies of the Buddha. The Buddha is with us during the whole time of chanting and listening and we are under the protection of the three gems. <coughs> Shall we allow the children to come because uh, they can profit from the collective uh, energy of the Sangha? This uh, week, the fourth week of uh, the summer opening, we have an important uh, Sangha of children, maybe 150 or more. Please make way for the children to come. Look, many of them.
during the time of uh, the chanting, let us uh, find a comfortable position of sitting. You don't have to join your palm like like this. You may like to put your palm on your lap uh, like this and relax completely. The most important thing is to allow ourselves to be in the here and the now and relax so that the energy of the Sangha can easily penetrate into our body and into our heart. They come from 54 countries. Please tell Thay when you are ready. Children, when you hear the chanting, you sit relaxingly. You do not talk. You allow the chanting to go into your body. And you feel very peaceful and happy. Breathing and smiling and listening to the chanting.
Dear Sangha, today is uh, the 29th of July, 2013, and we are in the fourth week of uh, the summer opening. We are in the Stillwater Meditation Hall of the Upper Hamlet. In the past uh, three weeks, the children have learned many things. And 
they can they can learn very deep things also if we know how to use a simple language the children was invited to look at the plant of corn and to recognize uh, the presence of uh, the grain of corn inside they know that the grain of corn has not died the grain of corn uh, simply become the plant of corn and the practitioner of meditation looking at the plant of corn can see the grain of corn and this is meditation of signlessness animitta which is uh, one of the three uh, meditations called the uh, three doors of uh, liberation and as the children can see can still see the grain of corn in the plant of corn we can see also we think that our ancestors have died and they are no longer there but that is not true when we look into our body we see that they are still alive in every cell of our body we have our father our mother in our in our body they are fully present in every cell of our body and we also have uh, our ancestors many generations of ancestors in our in ourselves they are still alive and we are a continuation we are not a self a separate self we cannot say here is i am here 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 i am and my ancestors is another another thing it's like the plant of corn saying that i am only a grain of corn i am only a plant of corn the grain of corn is something else which is not true so you do not have a separate self a separate you and you carry all your ancestors in your body and when you smile relaxingly all your ancestors smile relaxingly with you this is very kind yeah very kind of you to to give your ancestors a chance to smile and when you practice walking relaxingly allowing your feet to touch the earth and get the healing get the nourishment and then all your ancestors in you are doing the same and that is true and the river can still see all the stream or small streams of water in her so when you hear the bell this is the practice of the bell of mindfulness when you hear the bell allow yourself to listen to the bell in such a way that the sound of the bell can penetrate into every cell of your body and all your ancestors are able to listen to the bell at the same time 
we can invite our ancestors, we can invite all the cells in your body to join us in listening to the bell. That is the practice of deep listening. Deep listening does not mean exactly uh, long breathing, long in-breath and long out-breath. Deep listening means uh, you get it very deep into your body, your mind. Uh, last week we gave, uh, we had a, a talk given to children as how to invite the bell of mindfulness and how to practice uh, breathing with the bell of mindfulness. It's very, uh, very clear, very concise. So if uh, we want to uh, to listen to the Dharma talk. I think that uh, a CD uh, recording that Dharma talk is available. About 20 minutes. We know exactly how to be a bell master, how to invite the bell to sound, and how to enjoy breathing with the bell. We bring peace, understanding, and compassion into ourselves just by listening to the bell. The bell master has to be peaceful, concentrated, mindful. And then the quality of the sound will be good because he sends his heart along with the sound of the bell. So when we listen, we hear the bell, we listen to the bell. We listen in such a way that the energy of mindfulness and peace could penetrate in deeply into our body, into every cell of our body. And usually we say, I listen, I listen. When we, we breathe in, and when we breathe out, we say, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. And everyone in Plum Ridge, they know by heart these two sentences. And every time, every time they hear the bell, they enjoy breathing in with the first line, I listen, I listen. And when they breathe out, they enjoy breathing out. And they say, this wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. Because my true home is in the here and the now where all the wonders of life are available. So home is available at any moment. Your home is not exactly in Paris or in Amsterdam or in Los Angeles. Not exactly, not in Plum Village. Your home is in the here and the now. Because only in the here and the now that you can be in touch with life and all the wonders of life. So if you breathe mindfully, you are home. You're true home. (coughs) And when we say, I listen, I listen, it means all the cells in my body are joined 
joining me to listen to the sound of the bell. And all my ancestors in the cells join me to listen. So I do not listen as a self. I listen as a stream, as a, a continuation. My ancestors all listen with me. So I listen in such a way that uh, concentration, mindfulness, peace and joy become possible. And if you, when you listen to the bell and breathe, and if there is uh, peace, there is a joy, there is a freedom that you feel uh, you are practicing correctly. Freedom, you feel free because uh, the sound of the bell help you to bring your mind home to the body. You are thinking, you are doing things. You get caught in, in your worries, your fear, your projects. And suddenly you hear the bell. You release everything. And you focus your attention only on your in-breath. And you bring your mind back to your body. And there you are established in the present moment, in the here and the now, your true home. And there are refreshing, healing, nourishing elements that, uh, that you can get in touch with so that you can nourish and heal yourself. And uh, because you are able to release the sorrow and the regret concerning the past, you are able to release the fear and the uncertainty about the future because you have uh, released your projects, because you are focusing your mind on your in-breath and the sound of the bell. You become a free. You become free. Much freer than, be- than a few seconds before. That's thanks to mindfulness of con- and concentration. You are mindful of your breath mindful of your in-breath. You are mindful of the sound of the bell. And the only object of your mind is your in-breath and the sound of the bell. So you are free from everything else, past, future projects. So freedom, can we can get like that very quickly. And that is why, why breathing in and out, and you feel free, and you feel uh, light, uh, you feel relaxed, you feel nourished by the wonders of life. Your practice is good. So, and uh, if you feel good and nourished and joyful and free, your ancestors feel the same. So we practice for all of them. When the bell announces uh, walk in meditation, 
uh, lunch, we practice the same. The bell has the duty to remind us that life is available only in the here and the now. The present moment, the here and the now, is our true home. And we should go home to that true home and live deeply every moment that is given us to live. And when you hear the church bell, you practice the same. And when we listen and breathe together like that as a community, then the collective uh, energy of mindfulness, of freedom, will be powerful. And that helps uh, heal us and nourish all of, all of us. And anyone who happens to be in that zone of energy they get also the healing. And that uh, powerful energy of mindfulness and compassion is something very real that people can touch. The children did not listen to the talk about, uh, before the chanting. They did not understand the chanting. But that, it does not matter because uh, they are in the zone of energy and they get the nourishment. And they will remember that uh, when they were young, there were times when they had that kind of experiences. The collective energy of mindfulness, of peace and of compassion, and that is the product of the Sangha. Because everyone knows how to breathe, how to walk, so that we together can produce that collective energy of peace and compassion that can nourish and heal us. So when we practice walking meditation, we do the same. We contribute to uh, to that uh, to 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 the work of generating the collective energy of peace and uh, joy and compassion. <coughs> Walking mindfully is uh, a very easy way to learn how to live deeply every moment of our daily life. Because we have the habit of running. We want to do things quickly to finish with. And that habit maybe may have been transmitted to us by our ancestors. And the teaching is very clear here that the past is no longer there, the future is not yet there. Only in the present moment that you can get in touch with true life, with all the wonders. And that is why if you continue to run, you miss the here and the now. 
So every step you, you make is to bring you home to the here and the now. You arrive with every step in the here and the now. And in the teaching, you learn that uh, life is only available in the here and the now. All the wonders of life are available in the here and the now. Your ancestors, they have not died. If you go back to the here and the now, you can get in touch with them. The pure land of the Buddha, the kingdom of God, are available in the here and the now. If you are mindful, if you are concentrated, if you are established in the here and the now, and then you can see the kingdom of God in it, every in every tiny flower on your walking path. You can see the kingdom of God in each leaf of the tree, in the sunshine, in the song of a bird, in a little child. That these flowers, to me, they belong to the kingdom of God. They carry the kingdom of God inside the pure land of the Buddha. If they don't belong to the kingdom, what else do they belong to? And if you are mindful enough, concentrated enough, you can see the kingdom in each flower. The kingdom of God or the land of Buddha is not something Abstract is not a notion, it is a reality. The planet Earth is so beautiful. She has given birth to many Buddhas, Bodhisattvas, and saints. The Buddha is a child of the Earth. Jesus Christ is a child of the Earth. Muhammad also, Abraham also. And to me, it's very clear that the kingdom of God is here on earth. It is available in the here and the now, provided that you have mindfulness and concentration. Because mindfulness and concentration allow us to be here and now, to be ourselves. And with only one step, you can enter the pure land of the Buddha, the kingdom of God. So walking meditation is to enjoy walking in the kingdom of God. And every step should be able to heal you, to nourish you, It's not hard work. Every step can be light, can be solid, can be free, can be nourishing, can be healing. Because you arrive at every step. And walking like that, it means you have stopped running. We run because we think that happiness is not possible here and now. 
we run because we think that there are a few conditions of happiness that are in the future. We should get them in order to be really happy. But that is a belief. And that is a kind of superstition. In fact, with mindfulness and concentration, we go home to the here and the now, and we realize that conditions for happiness are already there, enough, more than enough. The kingdom is already there, you don't have to go and look for it. That is insight. Mindfulness and concentration always bring insight. And with that insight, you don't need to run anymore. You enjoy every breath, every step, because each breath, each step made in mindfulness put us in touch with the kingdom of God. The kingdom is available. The problem, the problem that remains is that whether you are available to the kingdom. And to make yourself available to the kingdom, that is easy enough. Focus your attention on your in-breath. Breathe in and bring your mind home to your body. And there you are established in the here and the now. And you touch the kingdom of God with your eyes, your ear, your nose, your feet. And when we walk through life like that together as a community, the collective energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight will be great. And that helps heal all of us, that helps uh, nourish our children. To practice is to generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight with our breath, our steps, everything we do. When you, when you cook your breakfast, you may choose to do it mindfully. You are mindful of every moment of breakfast making. And you may find out that making breakfast is something wonderful. It's not uh, hard work. It's a pleasure to make breakfast. And you can make breakfast with love and joy. You are in the kingdom. Not only in the kitchen, you are in the kingdom of God. Even in the toilet, you take time to urinate and to defecate. You don't try to finish quickly with it, because it can be very pleasant, just urinating and defecating, and the kingdom is with you in these moments. And when you brush your teeth, brush them in such a way that the kingdom is with you. You don't try to do quickly in order to do other things. So, Smriti, Samadhi, and Prasna are the two ki- three kinds of energies that we generate by the practice. Smriti means mindfulness. 
Samadhi means concentration. And prajna is uh, wisdom, insight. You don't have to practice 10 years in order to have insight. Insight can come right away, many kind of insight. Suppose you breathe in mindfully, you enjoy your in-breath, and you got the insight that, ah, I have a body, I have a life, and that is already insight. It's wonderful to be alive. Someone who is already dead does not breathe in anymore. And you are breathing in. And because you are breathing in mindfully, you get inside that you are alive, still alive. To be alive is a miracle, and that is the greatest, the greatest of all miracles. So when you breathe out, you just celebrate the fact that you are alive. Our in-breath is always shorter than our out-breath. You might begin your practice with Breathing in, and making uh, two steps while breathing in. I breathe in, and during the time I breathe in, I make two steps. And I say, I have arrived. I have arrived. And this is not a verbal uh, or even mental uh, declaration. It is a realization. You have to arrive truly. You have to arrive completely the here and the now. Because there is a strong habit energy in you pushing you to run. So this is a resistance. You are walking and yet you are stopping. You are stopping the habit of running. I have arrived. I have arrived. You may like to focus, to bring your mind down here on the sole of your feet. If your mind is on this level, it's very easy that you, you get lost in your thinking. Do not think. Stop the thinking is the secret. Just focus your attention on your in-breath or your out-breath and be aware of the contact between your feet and the ground. You are touching Mother Earth with your feet. You are kissing Mother Earth with your feet. There is a tenderness, there is a love in that act of uh, touching the earth. 
touching the earth like that, heal you and help heal Mother Earth. I have arrived. I have arrived. It means I have arrived in the here and the now, which is my true home. Because in the future, the destination is death. I don't want to go to the cemetery. Life is not there. Life is here, in the here and the now. And therefore, every step bring me, brings me to life, brings me to the here and the now. I have arrived, I have arrived. And you can arrive 100% in the here and the now too. If your mindfulness and concentration are powerful enough. There are those of us in the Sangha who are able to arrive 1% with every step because we have practice. We have trained ourselves to do so. And we enjoy every step. We enjoy home, sweet home, with every step. There is a, a practice called uh, slow walking. And you, you try when you are alone. Because if you walk with one, two hundred people, and if you do like that, you create a traffic jam. <laughs> you choose a distance of a few meters only. And you walk. I have arrived. Only one step with one in-breath, I have arrived. And try your best to arrive in the here and the now with one step, two seconds or three seconds. Because your in-breath can last two, three, four, five seconds. And challenge yourself. I must arrive with my in-breath. You might arrive 50 or 60 percent. But that's not good enough. You can do better. And if you feel that you have not completely arrived, don't make another step. Stand there and breathe out and breathe in again until you know that you have arrived in the here and the now 100% because the here and the now contains the kingdom of God true life and all the wonders stop running Arrive. And when you know that you have arrived fully in the here and the now, smile. That is smile of uh, success, <coughs> smile of victory. And then you can make another step. I have arrived. I'm home and you touch your home, your true home, when you breathe out. 
So one step when you breathe in and one step when you breathe out. You train yourself. And you don't need another person to tell you whether you have arrived completely 100% with, uh, with one step or not. But when we work together, <laughs> we have to work more uh, normally. At least uh, two steps for, for our in-breath and three steps for our out-breath. I have arrived. I have arrived. I am home. 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 The essential is that you enjoy every step. If you suffer during walking, that's not good practice. <coughs> and if you enjoy making two steps and three steps, you are in the kingdom of God. Everything is one, a pebble, a flower, a dead leaf, they all belong to the kingdom. The kingdom of God is available, and I enjoy it every day by the practice of mindful breathing, mindful working. You don't have to die in order to go to the kingdom. It's too late. You have to be very alive in order to do so. And to be alive is easy. Breathe in mindfully and bring your mind home to your body. And there you are established in the here and the now. You are fully alive. You are fully present. It means uh, you have the energy of mindfulness and concentration in you. And you have the insight that Everything is there. The kingdom is there. Peace and happiness is there. You only need to get in touch. So we may like to begin with uh, the rhythm two, three. I have arrived. I have arrived. I am home, home, home. Do not let us not practice with the form to practice, truly. We should be able to, to enjoy every step. No thinking, we don't need thinking. We need feel, to feel only. I feel the joy. I feel the kingdom of God. I feel the freedom. Because every step made in mindfulness and concentration can set you free. <coughs> free from what? Free, free from your regret and your sorrow concerning the past. Free from the fear and the uncertainty concerning the future. 
So one step can bring you a lot of freedom. And happiness is not possible without freedom. Every step is solid. You feel the solidity. You cultivate solidity. A person who does not have uh, stability and solidity cannot be a happy person. So a step like this helps cultivate more solidity and freedom. You are solid because you are not being pulled away by the past or by the future. You are solidly established in the here and the now. And every step make you, help you to establish the here and the now. That is why you are solid. This is not, this, this is not wishful thinking. I am, I have arrived. I am home. I am touching the here. I am touching the now, which is uh, the address of life, the address of kingdom of God. Remember to, easy to remember. I am solid. I am free. This is uh, not auto-suggestion. You are solid because you are not being pulled by the past and by the future and your projects. I am free. So walking like that is very nourishing and healing. We generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, we cultivate more solidity and freedom. And as everyone is doing the same, the collective energy is very powerful. And the children, they feel it. They feel the, the collective, uh, the wholesome collective energy of peace and of joy. They love it, although they don't understand it uh, theoretically. They feel it. That's the good food for children. The collective energy of uh, mindfulness, peace, Enjoy. <clears throat> so there is the verse that you may use to do walking. I have arrived. I am home. And you may use that line as long as you wish. And you may like to switch into the second line, which uh, means the same. In the here, in the here, in the now, in the now, in the now. You are touching the here and the now. You are really at home in the kingdom of God. I am solid. I am free. In the ultimate ideal. In the ultimate ideal is a very deep. You touch the kingdom of God, you touch God. You touch your true nature of no birth and no death. You touch Nirvana. Nirvana is the nature of no birth 
and no death of everything. On the surface, we see as if there is a beginning, ending, birth and death. By practicing meditation, looking more deeply, we discover that uh, the true nature of everything is the nature of no birth and no death. And that is the ultimate aim of meditation. Free from the notion of birth and death. Remove all kind of fear. Fear of being and fear of non-being. It's like a wave on the surface of the ocean. She may be very fearful because she gets caught in notions like beginning, ending, going up, going down, more or less beautiful than the other wave. But if the wave uh, is aware that she is water, and she loses all this kind of fear. Going up, she's joyful. Going down, she's joyful. Because she knows that she is water. She's not only a wave, she's also water. So, water represents the ultimate, water represents God, water represents Nirvana. And with mindfulness and concentration, we can touch nirvana with every step. We can touch God with every step. We can touch the nature of no birth and no death. So walking meditation not only can help you to get a relief from your suffering, to get the healing and transformation you need, but you can work in meditation can help you touch the ultimate God, Nirvana. I have arrived. I am home. In the here, in the now. I am solid. I am free. In the ultimate, I dwell. You never leave uh, the kingdom of God. You are, you are in touch with God. You are, your true nature is the nature of no birth and no death. Your true nature is Nirvana. You do not have to go and look for Nirvana. You don't have to go and look for the kingdom of God. The wave doesn't have to go and look for water. The wave does not have to go and look for water. She is water herself in the here and the now. And that is why we don't have to go and look for the kingdom of God. You are part of the kingdom. Your body, your feelings, your perceptions, they all belong to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is in you.
My father is listening to the bell at the same time with me. My mother answer, my ancestors answer. They enjoy. But uh, sometimes your lungs tell you that that two steps for breathing in is not enough. So you could enjoy more, they could enjoy more if you gave them three steps. So you change into three, five. I have a right, I have a right, and I right. You feel much more pleasant if you make three steps. There will be a time when your lungs tell you that they need one more step. And you just give them one more step while breathing in. More air, more fresh air, more oxygen. And if you make three steps while breathing in, and then you will make five steps breathing out. I have arrived, arrived, arrived. I'm home, home, home. Home, home. That's normal. Two, three, or three, five. And there will be a time when your lungs want four seconds, four steps for for your in breath. And in that case, uh, when you breathe out, you need at least six seconds or six steps. You find out by yourself how many steps to make while breathing in and how many steps to make while breathing out. You find out by yourself the most pleasant number of steps. As for myself, I always begin with three, five, and I continue with four, four, six. And every time I need to go somewhere, no matter how short is distance, I always walk like that. There's no other style of walking, mindful walking, because the kingdom is available in every step. So from your living quarter, from your tent to the meditation hall, to the dining hall, enjoy the kingdom of God. And you are supported by all of us in doing so, because all of us try to do the same. We know that the kingdom is available. We don't need to die in order to go to the kingdom. And when you climb a hill, naturally the number of steps will diminish. You use two, three, and there is a, a time when just one, one, two. One step for in-breath, one, two steps for out-breath. And you continue to get the pleasure of walking. Climbing the hill like that, you don't feel tired at all. 
even if you have to climb 1,000 steps. You enjoy every step. And that's what we did in Wutaishan in China. Wutaishan is a mountain where the Bodhisattva Madhusri um, was worshipped. And there was a tourist guide holding a flag. But he said that, well, uh, we will climb the mountain our own way. So you stay behind. <laughs> So the group is, uh, the group, the Sangha, a few dozen of us at the foot of the mountain, we receive instruction as how to climb the Wu Taishan mountain. And uh, we make a step and we breathe in and we enjoy. And then we make another step and we breathe out. And we enjoy. And after making about eight steps, we stop climbing. We look down, we enjoy the landscape. And the tourist guide, she had to, 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 to follow us. <laughs> because her way is to walk as quickly as possible. And we, we took the time to climb, and we enjoy every step. And while, during that time, many groups of people are rushing up, and they breathe. <laughs> 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 that guy. We also climbed the Gridakuta mountain in India the same, the same way. The Gridakuta mountain is the place where the Buddha stayed. It's uh, close to the city of Rajagraha. So we climb in that way. And we enjoy every, every step. We don't feel tired. So when we arrive at the top of the mountains, that young lady who was our, our guide, she said, it's very strange. <laughs> I have led hundreds of groups up to the mountain, and every time we arrive, we are exhausted. But now I feel very fresh. So naturally, when we climb the hill, we reduce the number of steps. One, two is enough. And uh, we don't have to continue on always. Ten, twenty steps after, we can stop and enjoy the landscape, enjoy the sky, the cloud, the trees, the hills, because the kingdom of God is available. Why are you so busy? Why do you have to hurry so much? This is not civilization. So walking meditation is a very wonderful, pleasant way to learn how to live the present moment. 
and hopefully when you go home to your city you can continue from the parking lot to the office to the place where you work you enjoy the kingdom of God with every step in the month of May this year we had a retreat in Hong Kong 1200 people attended the retreat in Hong Kong they don't not, not many people drive to their workplace most of them took, take the, the train and the bus public transportation and I asked them whether they agree with me and after the retreat they will practice walking meditation from their home to the bus and train station I said my dear friends most of, most of you have a telephone Many have a smartphone. As for me, I don't have a telephone. I don't have a portable telephone. In the past 40 years, I do not have, I do not have, I do not use telephone. And yet, I have not lost the contact, the connection with uh, my students, the younger generation. Yeah, in good, relationship. We are communicating with each other very well. Monastic disciples, lay disciples, we are still connected very well and we don't need the telephone. So if you, every morning, starting going from your home, your house to the parking as to the to the bus station and train station. If you practice walking meditation, not only you enjoy the pure land of the Buddha every step, but you get connected with your teacher. And you can get the energy of your teacher if you are breathing and walking like them. And you don't need telephone email and the relationship between teacher and disciples can be very deep instead of using telephone and email we use mindful breathing and mindful walking and I ask uh, how many of you want to do that to make the commitment to stay in connection with Thay by the way of walking and breathing and everyone raise their hand so now in Hong Kong, at least 1,200 people every morning uh, do walk in meditation to the bus station and the train station. And they, they keep uh, the contact with their teacher. They don't have to telephone them.
time for walking meditation. <laughs> time to enjoy walking in the kingdom of God.